You just tuned in to Mocha Speaks. It's time for real conversation. Thank you for tuning in to Mocha Speaks. The topic of today's episode is the school to prison pipeline. In Georgia, it costs an estimated $113,000 a year to imprison a child, but only $10,000 for a year of public education. While Georgia has seen a near 50% decrease in youth incarceration since 2014, as of 2018, there are still nearly 900 youth housed in secure detention facilities across Georgia. Additionally, Georgia has high recidivism rates, hovering just above the national youth recidivism rate at 50%. Now, it is more important than ever to end the school-to-prison pipeline. While the cost to imprison youth is high, the cost to young people's lives is even higher. We now sit down with a young man in AADM's End School-to-Prison Pipeline program to hear his story. We will then hear about HB 231, a bill that stands in the way of progressive justice. Yo, yo, yo. This is Mocha Speaks. My name is Cassie Chantel, and I'll be filling in today. This is a very special episode, uh, and we're going to deep dive into the end of school to prison pipeline with the actual live guest. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm RJ. Yeah. Okay, RJ, and how old are you? 18. 18. Okay, so are you still in high school? Yeah. What school do you go to? Uh, Foothills. Okay, got you. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your story, um, just... How did you end up on probation? Uh, so, like, from the start, like, the story, story. Everything you want us to know. Okay, so, it was me and my mom's birthday weekend. Then she let me get her car. Yeah, B, B, at the at the age of 18, I went to go see a girl, and she was in Washington, Washington Wilkes. So, as I go see her, spend time with her and stuff, but as I was coming back, like five minutes later, I got pulled over by the police, and then from there, it, it was it really wasn't nothing. So did you already did you have your license at the time? Mm-mm. Okay, I so had that a was permit. okay. Got you. So you had the permit, but you're 18, and then they pulled you over. Yeah, got you. So how did you feel when you got arrested? I, f- I kind of felt ill, like like. Like, dang, I couldn't get no first one or anything. Like, dang, because that was my first time ever getting pulled over or first time ever getting in trouble by the law. So it really it really didn't shook me, shake, shook me or nothing. It just, I was like, dang, I got pulled over. I wasn't really went trip because, like I said, I thought I would go get a warning and then go back home, but I didn't. He told me since I had weed in the car. I, I still can go to jail for that. In my mind, I'm like, okay, that's kind of understandable, but I still thought I would have got a warning. So you're in Washington, Wills. You're not even from there, right? Mm-mm. So you're in a city that you don't know. You just got pulled over. First time, that. But you still thought you were good, though. You still thought, like, okay, I'm going to get a warning. So yeah. you were optimistic, but did, so you went ended up going to jail that night? Yeah. Like, that same same time I got pulled over, I went to jail that night. So what was that process like? It, it, it was really simple. It's a, t- asking me a lot of questions, uh, asked me what I was doing down there. I just told him. I just don't like the jail part. I don't like getting booked in the system and all stuff like that. How long were you were you in jail? For like a good three, four hours. 
Okay. Cause my mom, she was my mom and my godmom. They was in Atlanta. Cause they, like I said, we were celebrating our birthday weekend. So yeah, they had to drive all the way from Atlanta to Washington. Well, that was a birthday present for mom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, mom! <laughs> so, do you think that this whole situation like helped you? Like, how do you feel like going to jail affected your life? I learned my lesson, as in, like have my license uh, drive when I'm supposed to drive and really don't don't go back there <laughs> right those three four hours <laughs> it was long enough right yeah I, I feel that so what was it like uh going to court oh I, I was nervous because I ain't know what would what would they say about like the stuff that I did like my charges and stuff so, yeah I was nervous did you understand what was going on yeah Kind of, somewhat, yeah. Okay. How do, how do you feel like you were treated, like, through the whole court process? Oh, no, nah, he, he he was nice about it because um, he could have easily gave me that, that weed charge, but he just dismissed it. And I could have easily got a um, DUI, but he told me uh, I was reckless driving. So, yeah, he, he was pretty nice about it. Do you think uh, the charges or your situation would have been different if you weren't black or a person of color? Nah, cause the one that, the one that they got, the one that pulled me over, he was he was black. Got you. So, what have you learned so far since getting put on probation? It's it's a lot of stuff that I can and can't do. Yeah, that's what I see. How long have you been on probation so far? Uh, since April 11th. Okay. So not that long. Yeah, almost. A, I guess it'll be almost a year. Or wait, no, I'm it, it is okay. Yeah, almost a week. No, it it been a week because I went last week. Oh, I'm thinking April 2022, so oh, April nah. of this year. Yeah, okay, April cool. So year. it hasn't been that long. Okay. Have you ever heard about the school to prison pipeline? Uh huh. Do you know much about the school to prison pipeline? You want to chime in? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about the school to prison pipeline. So the school to prison pipeline is essentially this trajectory and pathway for kids who are in school. Um, a lot of the times these kids are people of color. They're un disproportionately labeled as be having bad behavioral issues by teachers. So essentially teachers will single these kids out and start getting them in trouble for misbehaving. And that kind of predisposes them to being um, to them thinking about themselves as like, I'm a bad person, I'm getting in trouble all the time, that usually leads into them doing other things that get them in trouble, or teachers will just straight out refer them to places that get them into more trouble, and then they sort of enter this sort of uh, juvenile legal system, and then from there, usually they end up going getting incarcerated or putting into a youth detention center. And it really just goes to show that like, Teachers don't know how to handle certain students in the classroom. They really don't know how to um, work with students who come from different backgrounds and who might not have the behavioral capabilities of other students who are raised in more privileged environments. Um, really, at the end of the day, it just kind of boils down to discrimination, um, in my opinion and teachers really need to learn how to work with students from all these different backgrounds so that they don't end up 
feeding into the school to prison pipeline, you know? Oh, that was a great explanation. So I guess that brings me to another question, like, how do you feel about the whole, your whole school, like, background, like, from elementary school, middle school, to now, like, do you feel like you had a good experience going through school? Not at the middle school, I just stopped wanting to go to school, so, yeah, like, from elementary to middle school, I think my behavior changed then, but my mom still kept me on track and stuff, so, yeah, I know what's right and wrong and how to act and stuff. That makes sense. I think the middle school period is just like a real transitional yeah. phase anyway. Well, those are all the questions that I have for you today, RJ. Did you have anything else that you want to say or anything, any advice you want to give to anybody else that may be going through what you're going through? Uh, it's going to be okay. That's all I can say. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. And that is today's episode of Mocha Speaks. Featuring Cassie Chantel. And JW. <laughs> <laughs> HB 231 is a bill that creates a Prosecuting Attorney's Oversight Commission. Notably, the bill is sponsored by local representative Houston Gaines. The Oversight Commission would have the power to remove district attorneys from office if they find that they are not reviewing, quote, every individual case for which probable cause for prosecution exists. Why is this a problem for progressive justice? Deborah Gonzalez is a progressive district attorney and has done a lot in the name of progressive justice. For example, she is committed to not prosecuting certain drug offenses, such as simple marijuana possession. Houston Gaines is against this. He has issues with Gonzalez because she chooses not to prosecute certain cases. This bill and the oversight committee it creates causes a big problem for progressive district attorneys. Instead of being able to prosecute using their own discretion to represent the voters that put them there, they would be at the hands of this very partisan committee. Deborah Gonzalez has commented, the proposed oversight committee would not act as an oversight, but rather an overstep. Checks and balances are already in place, including elections, she mentions. Therefore, AADM and supporters of progressive justice are against HB 231. Passage of this bill would allow this oversight committee to target progressive district attorneys and remove them from office freely. This is a sad attempt to enact partisan control over district attorneys that work hard in the fight for progressive justice.